Hi everybody, I'm Dhanesh Bhatt. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Gram Cover, a rural-focused insurtech platform. Fundamentally, an insurance company is the business of transferring risk. It takes individual risks and transfers it to a group of individuals, thereby reducing the maximum loss of individuals. And in India, there is no section of the population more at risk than farmers. Farmers don't get any sort of fixed income and they're constantly gambling everything they own. And they are at the mercy of so many factors outside their control, like the weather, global economic conditions and state and national level policies. This is what makes a company like Gram Cover so important. It is the only insurtech startup that is focused focused on expanding the insurance space in rural India and it is making use of some very unique strategies to sell low ticket size insurance to the bottom of the pyramid in this episode of the founder thesis podcast dhyanesh bhat the co-founder and ceo of gram cover talks with your host akshay dat and shares some amazing insights from his two decade long journey in the field of insurance stay tuned and subscribe to the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming platform to get access to such amazing master classes from the web in the field so i joined icsc lumbard from campus in uh, 2005 uh, actually at that point of time icsc lumbard was just starting their rural and agribusiness division so they had come to campus uh, to recruit people for the rural and agribusiness division Sure. So I uh, at ICIC Lumbar, as I was mentioning, right, I started my journey with uh, uh, with corporate insurance. So uh, I kind of you know was in Ahmedabad for the first couple of months, and I moved to uh, Mumbai in two thousand and six. From there, I think uh, it is the standard journey that you would have uh, as as somebody who's working in a large uh, uh, corporate setup, right? So uh, started with and and the bottom as a relationship manager, you know, working with multiple clients, kind of you know then work with a larger set of customers, work with larger clients. So worked across different domains. So worked across telecom, worked across the oil and gas, for a bit worked across aviation, worked across large government uh, uh, institutions also, and then some then and uh, other MNCs as well. So uh, did all of that for around seven years. In my last stint at uh, ICICI Lombard on the corporate side, uh, I was kind of you know, looking at uh, Mumbai, part of Mumbai as a territory, and also looking at. Uh, Pune, Goa, and Aurangabad as other locations that I was kind of you know responsible for, uh, and at that point of time, uh, somebody within the organization from the rural uh, division was kind of you know moving out, and so uh, you know the call from the management was that you know you've been you have a background in rural, and need somebody to get into uh, or kind of you know really look at this uh, rural business piece. So would be an area of interest or not? So I said I've been doing corporate insurance for a fairly long time. Uh, I think uh, rural would also be a steep learning curve because typically government business and rural business is very significantly different from say a corporate business. I thought it'd be a good learning opportunity for me. So then I kind of you know got into rural insurance. So started by doing uh, working on crop insurance. Uh, also started working on uh, over a period of time. Uh, kind of you know started also working on the low cost health insurance program. So did that. Uh, uh, then kind of you know looked at other lines of businesses which are not subsidized. Uh, so uh, work with livestock insurance, uh, uh, multiple things in partnership with, say, for example, ICICI Global had a partnership with ICICI Bank. So with their rural banking team, we used to kind of you know, do something on the livestock front and all. So the idea was to kind of you know, look at other products which are not subsidized. And then the last uh, uh, 
would i would say a milestone kind of a thing was uh, ic had said lombards uh, uh, foray into the csc uh, setup what so, is csc csc is the common service center initiative of the uh, ministry of electronics and information technology so you know through that there is a, a, a vle or a village level entrepreneur who has access to multiple g2c and b2c services uh, then they can offer to the to the rural or to the urban consumer uh, and uh, insurance is one of the services that is provided through that particular setup no there's right. there's like that itc at that each upon or something like that it's just similar to that but itc each upon would have been limited to itc products uh, and uh, typically more to do with agri uh, imports and agri trade and all of that this is more a ministry ministry level initiative right so there are uh, multiple services so for example you want to do something on your or you want to do something yeah. so a lot of g2c services and b2c services can you know provided through the csc setup so icic lombard had i think evaluated the opportunity at some point of time uh, in the past uh, but uh, 2017 we revisited the part of uh, uh, something that we called as a white spaces initiative we were identifying new opportunities and i kind of you know uh, worked on the whole csc initiative we looked at how it has grown over the last uh, couple of years uh, what are the chances of kind of you know really this kind of you know getting into a larger uh, space so we kind of you know made the case uh, presented it to the management got the approval to kind of you know launch the initiative uh, then launched the initiative did the tech integration bit and then started uh, you know started with around four states in which we wanted to roll this out so that was another one one and a half years and what what products did you roll out so typically personal accident uh, and motor insurance so motor insurance mm. obviously is a large part of you know what happens uh, even even through the csc network so mm-hmm. the motor insurance is the non subsidized with boom just tell me the difference between the subsidized and non subsidized business so what all is subsidized so typically if you look at uh, uh, you know businesses like uh, crop uh, even for that matter ayushman bharat so there a part of the premium is paid by the farmer but there is also state government subsidy and a probably a central government subsidy also involved so the farmer or the customer doesn't pay the full premium whereas in a motor insurance policy for any of the other policy that you look at whether it is retail health or it is motor or any of the other lines of businesses that are there all the policies the customer pays the full premium so only in certain government programs there is a subsidy element okay okay what percentage of uh, icici's business was subsidized i think a small percentage i would say maybe around 15 to 20% at any given point of time so generally i would say that you know uh, subsidized businesses for most insurance companies would be in that range it will never be like 100% of anybody's uh, uh, portfolio i think this would hold true for some of the other companies as well who are there and, and what are the channels of distribution for reaching rural india like you know in in urban india you have that uh, bank uh, as one channel and you have the uh, agency channel and you have the corporate broker channel what are the comparable channels for rural india so typically again uh, bank link uh, uh, insurance is one part of it so uh, that is there where you, if i were to look at any asset insurance right so if there is any bank giving a home loan or a vehicle loan typically we'll have some of these types which are there in place even for rural areas the second is uh, for mfc mfis uh, you know which have kind of you know significant rural presence right who are giving income generation loans and also products like uh, term life insurance typically gets bundled with with the loan right so that's another very significant part of uh, of the rural insurance space uh, then companies like lic uh, you know who have a large rural network of agents and also they also are fairly present there in rural areas 
ஒரு <laughs> Hmm. So what does that mean that uh, so, 4.2% is the premium collected or is it so the sum insurance? It's a percentage of GDP, right? So if total GDP is so and so, uh, then of that only so and so percent, 4.2% is the overall contribution of the insurance sector, right? So which will include life insurance and general insurance. Uh, life insurance is a relatively larger part around 3.2%, general insurance is around 1% or uh and uh, the whole uh, and what is this number for uh, developed countries like th- this so 4.2 standard like uh. so for larger asian economies i think it would be in the range of around 6% for the highest would be probably in the range of around 10 to 15% also uh so this is in terms of insurance penetration the second is insurance density which is the per premium per person premium that is paid right so india's number is around 78 dollars and the global average is around 800 dollars so there again it is like one tenth it's also i would say it's also a reflection or it's also a function of the uh, economic uh, you know status of the country right so as an as more economic prosperity as you have more disposable as you have more assets typically the scope of insurance kind of you know goes on increasing right so uh, that's how it is and you know so the mandate was that can we also get insurance distributors who are individuals who could align with insurance these power align with insurance intermediaries like ourselves and distribute insurance at the last month so that's another channel that is now seeing traction where you know over the last couple of years more and more products are now brought into the ambit uh, of that uh, and also. that csc the, the common service center would also be a channel right like selling through yeah so obviously csc is a channel i would rate them very similar to the psv model except for the fact that it's a separate channel which comes under the of the ministry of the, the PO what, what is that PO that term you use POSP it's called POSP it's called point of sale partner point of so sale partner okay and uh, the whole idea is to kind of you know really create network of people who can who understand insurance in the first place who are trained and certified uh, you know uh, and then who can also distribute insurance tomorrow if there is a claim uh, or if there is any support required then the expectation is that you know that person who would have taken the insurance from point of sale partner would kind of you know, reach out to him and say hey i have a claim they in turn can reach out to us and then we in turn can kind of you know help uh, in- engage with the insurance companies in the settlement of and uh, so this point of sale partner is the same as an agent right like uh, right similar what is the difference uh, so two things one is the regulation and the kind of products that they can sell so typically hmm. there are certain products which are defined as you know point of sale partner posp products which can be kind of you know distributed by them so these hmm. are generally simple easy to understand the low ticket size with only okay, so, so these posps don't have to clear the irda exam they have to uh, there okay. is a separate exam that they have to clear okay, so, uh, so easier exam i think there is Uh, with an agent there is i think a 50 hour training that is required with a point of sale partner typically it is a 15 hour training that is mandatorily required and what happens is as an agent typically there is an ird exam that you need to pass so when the point of partner guidelines were launched they had a similar i think thought process in place saying that there will be an ird exam that you need to take but over a period of time they realized that it's fairly cumbersome because the number of posps got to be much larger than the number of agents 
so now any intermediary for example gram cover uh, we have the ird approved registered uh, i mean course modules on our application uh, the for the uh, the usp supposed to study that we have also created some videos for their consumption and over a period of time we have it right now in english and hindi but probably we'll have more vernacular languages going forward and the thought process is that they will undergo that study material they will go through it all of that and they have to take a test test is administered by gram cover on the application it's a multiple choice question there's a minimum threshold for passing and uh, once they pass that exam only then they get access to products and we also report this data to irda on on a monthly basis of all the people who kind of you know certified registered and certified as record certified as r point of sale so every insurance company as well as intermediaries have that ability to kind of you know administer the exams and kind of you know register and uh, inform the irda saying these are the people who are registered with us and this ps sps are the same commission as an agent or is there a difference yeah almost the same only so you know as an insurance uh, as an agent of an insurance company you typically get to sell products of one insurance company as a point of sale partner of an intermediary typically depending upon the tie up that the intermediary has there is more choice so uh, if the farm if the customer says i want to have a policy of a particular company you have choice and the ability of the point of sale person to make a sale uh, can even also becomes higher so i think that is another dis- distinction i would draw as compared to an agent of an insurance company vis-a-vis a point of sale partner to an insurance intermediary i think uh, that that is also there so posps are generally with uh, intermediaries only or insurance companies also i think there are, there are both both the models are there there are insurance companies also so the insurance companies also used to have their own agent model right so i think it's an extension of the agent model where they say acha apart from any agent model we also like to have a posp so it works both ways okay so uh, coming back to your icsa journey so you uh, you did that new initiative of csc uh, the yes. that so was around 2018 uh, you know that was the last project that i was kind of you know also working on uh, i knew jatin from my days in icsa lugbad so jatin is the co-founder at uh, gram cover he also was a co-founder and managing director of a company called skymit which is an agri and weather data company so when i was doing crop insurance icsa lugbad skymit was basically a, a weather data provider to us so that's how i knew uh, jatin from those days and uh, then around the time in 2018 uh, you know a uh, gram cover had got its license in uh, ird license as a composite insurance broker in december 2017 uh, right which is like the fag end of fiat uh, and then uh, they were on the lookout for somebody to kind of you know come and uh, join the organization as a professional as, as a ceo so by the kind of got in touch i met jatin uh, we had a whole conversation saying this is a startup it's not a large organization you know uh, it could be a difference of uh, lens of how we look at things or uh, i had a meeting with the investors uh, and all of that and then i kind of you know keep on board uh, to gram cover uh, in october 2018 okay and so jatin had started gram cover like he he was the okay okay uh, tell me a bit about uh, that uh, background like meanwhile while you were at icsa what was happening there why did jatin okay. start gram cover what was his vision right so jatin i've been in the uh, in i would say the rural space for a fairly long time he he was running uh, uh, skymed and in 2011 was a time when they also you know when the government uh, crop insurance program had these whole pilots around weather based crop insurance they also got into it as a as a weather data provider in a large way so skymed has a network of even today as as we speak they have a network of around 8000 odd weather stations in india uh, across multiple states and the whole idea is that they 
collate a lot of weather data that is kind of you know kind of given to either state governments or to insurance companies they also kind of you know now work with banks to do some kind of an alternative scoring of road well, because with weather data or with satellite imagery data you can actually look at historical trends of you know what the production was and you know how all of that is there but and at that point of time they were primarily an uh, a weather data company and they used to kind of you know provide the weather data to insurance companies so it kind of you know formed the basis for us to settle claims right because the weather station was there uh, uh and while jatin was doing that he also realized that in rural areas there is this huge gap of actual distribution so most of the insurance uh, at that point of time was either a government program or it was embedded right uh, there was no network uh, uh, network of distribution in rural areas uh, what do you mean it was embedded uh, what does that mean so which i was mentioning right saying mfi nbfc they typically have ah, okay. insurance ah. is built into uh, <laughs> the <laughs> product product you yeah, yeah. automatically get life insurance a term line which is equivalent to the value of loan that you have taken right so there is some amount of financial protection for the financial institution plus there is some amount of protection for the for the beneficiary so that is where you realize that okay there is this space in 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 insurance distribution in rural also jatin because by the virtue of his being in crop insurance as as a data provider he also understood and he had experience on the agri uh, insurance side also right so how do you so the whole thesis at grampower was and is to kind of you know start with crop insurance so when we started the journey we were primarily doing crop insurance so fy 18 couple of months we started by insuring 1000 farmers in himachal and this is like unsubsidized or uh, subsidized this crop so, insurance no, subsidized okay crop insurance inherently is subsidized like there is no such thing as a unsubsidized crop insurance so there is and i will i will talk about it doesn't fall under the purview of the government crop insurance program government program on crop insurance is subsidized uh and the whole uh, idea was that uh, you do the first level of uh, insurance for the farmers right so fy 18 fy 19 fy 20 i think most of our business was crop insurance so we grew from 1000 odd farmers to 2 lakh farmers to 12 lakh farmers you know across fy 18 19 20 most of our business was at that point of time uh, crop insurance and this uh, was uh, uh, like as a uh, insurance broker like there were multiple insurance, insurance oh, companies absolutely. whose products you would sell right uh, so uh, as an insurance broker we obviously work with multiple insurance partners so we work with aic we work with united india we work with icmca lombard we work with uh, hdfc ergo we are currently working with bajaj alliance we are currently also working with reliance general so there are six or seven other companies that we have worked with and obviously as i was mentioning the process was that the state government would select an insurance company right through the tender process then the insurance company would in turn then kind of you know engage with an entity like ours and the mandate is to take this government program to the non loanee farmers who are not getting access right so the bank is anyway just doing the insurance of the loanee farmers for the non loanee farmers who are lot of them are small and marginal farmers the whole idea is to kind of you know really, really take insurance to them So that's that's where we started, and over a period of time, uh, we kind of you know grew that significantly. And, and what is the way in which you grew it, uh, or like uh, even before joining, how did they grow it? Was it like feed on street, like you built up a sales so team? And POS, yeah, yeah. So it's like a POS, the POS model that is there. So you know there are a lot of people that we know. Uh, you know, Jatin has been in in crop insurance for a fairly long time. I have been in crop insurance for a fairly long time. Our chief business officer Praveen, he has been doing rural insurance and crop insurance for close to a decade. Uh, so there is a lot of synergy in the team in terms of understanding how crop insurance works. So we have all these uh, geographies, right? So the, there are certain states in which we are working. So there is West Bengal, there is Assam, there is there is AP Telangana. Uh, you know, we are doing some work in Bihar, we are doing something in Jharkhand. 
So we know these geographies and we know how proper insurance operates, right? So we were able to work with people in these geographies to really take the insurance distribution to the last minute, right? So once the insurance company gives us a mandate, we engage with the insurance company, we engage with the regional office, we engage with the district, district officials and the block officials. We then uh, kind of, you know, do a lot of work around, say, for example, giving radio jingles or kind of, you know, doing some kind of a marketing activity, all of that to kind of, you know, doing a lot of farmer meetings and all of that. And then onboard these farmers into the program. So that's how it generally works. So it is like a last mile connect uh, through a network of people that work with us. Okay. And uh, you sell directly to farmers or you uh, sell to the POSPs? Like you appoint POSPs who then POSPs, sell? right. So the whole idea is that, you know, POSP is an extension of gram cover, right? They can by by design, right? So they are registered with us. They are our representatives on, on the field. And uh, if... Uh, and we are responsible for whatever activity that they do in the field. So tomorrow, if there is an issue with the POSP, then the uh, the regulator is not going to go and talk to the POSP, right? It is they are going to come and say who's who's the entity which is responsible for this POSP, right? So uh, they are in the next. So I I don't differentiate this between saying do I sell to the POSP or do I sell? Ultimately, at the end of the day, we are saying we are an intermediary which has the connect and the tech platform to really create insurance distribution at the last mile. And obviously, the end end end, end the yeah. customer is the customer. Mm-hmm. But uh, is uh, like, you know, if you have, let's say, 1000 people selling insurance, what percentage of them are payroll employees? What percentage are POSPs? So our entire POSP network is all uh, is all variable. Uh, so we, as we speak, we have a network of around 5000 or POSPs who are kind of you know, registered with us. Our core team strength, which is people who are kind of, you know, on the payroll of uh, Graham Governor, the employee strength is roughly around 72 people. Oh, wow. Okay. So the primary sales channel is through POSPs only. You don't really have like sales people who are going out. Uh, so we uh, might have a district level manager or a block level manager, I mean, or a, or, a, or a state level manager and all that is there. But we will not have people at the last one at the Gram Panchayat who is an Right, 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 right. right, right. The, the basic structure would be to have district level managers who will kind of, you know, manage multiple blocks and POSPs within multiple blocks and kind of, you know, guide them, train them, certify them, handle any issue that they might face. You know, take it forward. How much uh, government licensing is needed to sell uh, uh, crop insurance? Like, like you said, you license with district officials and block officials. What is the purpose for that? So it is more about creating awareness uh, at, at the at the ground level, saying that, for example, if let us say uh, there is AIC which gets a mandate to work in a particular district, uh, uh, so they will kind of you know obviously go and talk to the district officials. They will tell them that okay, we have got this mandate and all. But when we go for non-loony farmer enrollments, right? So typically, as I was mentioning, there'll be some marketing activity that we need to do. There'll be some amount of farmer camps that we might do and all of that, right? So there we kind of, you know, coordinate with the block level officials. So we'll tell them that, okay, we are nominated by the insurance company to uh, do non-loony farmer enrollment in this geography. So we'll be engaging with the farmers and all. Once the data kind of, you know, gets collated and kind of, you know, shared with the insurance companies, in certain cases, the insurance companies also get the data validated through the block level officials. So it is not, there it is more of an operational interaction, uh, but obviously uh, we do kind of, you know, engage with them uh, in terms of, you know, uh, attending any of the meetings that, that might be happening at the block level, keeping them apprised that we are doing this. Right. Okay. So, uh, okay. So uh, coming back, so by the time you joined, uh, what scale was uh, Graph Cover at? And you so said they were, got a license. Uh, what was that license in December for? December 2000. So we are a composite insurance broker by regulation. So if you look at the insurance re- in- insurance space, there is an insurance manufacturer or an insurance company. That's one category, right? So there are three, four kinds there. So there is a reinsurance company. So the General Insurance Corporation of India is the only reinsurer on, of India, uh, right? 
Then they had insurance companies, uh, right? So ICS Lumber, for example, is a general insurance company. So uh, the insurance company in, insures the insurance companies, basically. Like they can the pass on yeah, some of their risk. Absolutely. Right? Then there are insurance companies. So there could be a general insurance company, for example, ICIC Lombard. There could be a life insurance company, example, LIC or ICIC approved. There could be a standalone health insurance company. Uh, so, you know, Star Health, Stars, uh, yeah. Yeah, Care Health, Aditya Villa Health. These are standalone health insurance companies. Right? Then there is something called as uh, Agriculture Insurance Company of India Limited, which is a government of India initiative doing just crop insurance as we speak. Hmm. Okay. It's, it's like an LIC comparables. It's an LIC comparable, but just 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 does just does uh, uh, crop insurance, and then you have something called as ECGC, which is again like a credit guarantee insurance that is there. So that's a separate entity. So these are broadly four or five categories of insurance companies that are there. The next level is insurance distributors or intermediaries, right? So again, there are multiple levels. So I could be an individual agent, that is the base level, or I could be a POSP for an insurance company or an intermediary. That's another. Then there are corporate agents. So as, as an entity, for example, I am an NBFC MFI, I am giving loans to multiple people. I also become a distributor for a insurance company and I'm building embedded insurance into my, my distribution mechanism. So then I become a corporate agent. Then there is a, then there is a broker. So if you look at agent, an agent by uh, description is a representative of the insurance company. So POSP is a representative of Grand Cover or of ICS in Lombard, for example, whichever is the insurance company. An agent is an ins- is a representative of the insurance company. A corporate agent is again as an entity a representative of the insurance company. They could have multiple partners, but they are still a representative of the insurance company. Then we come to the broking category, right? And the broking category is a representative of the client. So that's the fundamental difference between an agent and a broker, where a broker is a representative of the client with the mandate to engage with multiple insurance to give you know give them the best possible solution. Right. There are three categories there. There is a direct broker who will work with insurance companies and do direct insurance distribution. Then there are reinsurance brokers who only have a mandate to do reinsurance business. So they will work primarily with insurance companies and reinsurance. And then the third highest category of license is a composite insurance broker, where you have the mandate to do both life insurance and general insurance and reinsurance. So Grand Cover has a license of a composite insurance broker. Right, and that we got in December 2017. So when I joined Gram Cover around October 18, uh, and that point of time we had not completed a full year of operations. The first year, as I mentioned, we had done around thousand odd farmers. We had done around fifty lakh worth of premium. In and from that's where from there the journey started. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so like Policy Bazaar is also like a composite insurance broker. Or give me some examples. Uh, Policy Bazaar was I think earlier in age. So now okay. they've kind of, you know, become like in, uh, now they've kind of, you know, uh, become a broker. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Over there in the process of becoming a broker, I think they're somewhere there. I, I don't recall the exact stage where they are. Okay. And uh, is there any difference in how these two operate like a broker and an agent? Because both sound similar. Any uh, An insurance agent can have multiple tie-ups and a broker can also work with multiple insurance manufacturers. Generally, an agent will not have the flexibility of working, having multiple tie-ups. Or a corporate agent, like corporate agents can have... Corporate one. agent is an institution. So that typically will work only for embedded insurance products. So for example, if, I'm, if I am a, uh, NBFC, I will say with every loan that I give, I will bundle certain insurance products, which is what works on an work. But they will not go out to sell, say, for example, motor insurance or health insurance to the retail customer. So generally agents will have, uh, will, are kind of in a limited uh, representative of an insurance company or an entity and restricted to that. 
customized products uh-huh. so i think the price negotiation is just one part of it the value add uh, you know for any intermediary and more so for bro- for the broking community i think lies in providing the right solution so let me give an example uh, uh if i am looking at a health insurance policy uh, a, a very product let me talk about a product right so there is a product called as hospital cash what it basically means is that if you're hospitalized for more than 24 hours there is a fixed payout that you get. Five hundred rupees per day, thousand rupees per day, whatever is the pre-agreed value. Now, if I want to offer this to women customers who are say partnering with an NBFC or getting a loan, if I have a cover which does not cover pregnancy or does not cover maternity, then it is something that is an issue, right? Because there will be a part of the population which will have maternity uh, during the course of the year, and those claims will not get paid. Right? So. i think as an insurance intermediary as an insurance broker i think the role that we play is to kind of you know ensure that the policy structure is aligned to what the whatever the exposure is so that's one right so uh, as an insurance intermediary or as any partner to an institution uh, you know there are two categories of insurance that are there right so one is a retail insurance so where you say that there is motor insurance for example or there is health insurance so these are retail over the counter products right so the product features will be the same uh, you know for multiple insurance companies there might be different add-ons but more or less they are similar in nature right and there is a price that the insurance company decides and there might be some flexibility in terms of pricing but it's a limited flexibility you will say hrtk based on these parameters there is a pre agreed discounting that you can do and insurance companies can kind of, you know uh, provide that uh, information to the intermediaries and the insurance insurance intermediaries will distribute the product there is relatively less flexibility the second category is group products so when you work with group policies or something that we call as master policies what happens is you have the ability to customize the coverage the first level right so you engage with the client you figure out what is the what is the coverage required then you kind of you know talk to the insurance company you kind of you know figure out how it will work then based on the structure that you created you engage with multiple insurance companies to figure out the price also the service capabilities right so somebody might be more tech oriented somebody might be less tech oriented depending upon whatever that is so you do all of that and then you identify the one insurance company that will kind of you know be the be the partnering agency and then you kind of you know bring them together and then you kind of you know work with that right so uh, as i was mentioning right at gram cover a large part of our business is over through retail all retail right through posps and all of that with product is kind of you know pre-agreed and all of that but we also have a small part where we customize the coverage okay there's something that we call strategic alliances the whole idea being that we partner with rural focused organization right so there is a let me give you a couple of examples i think that might help so there is a agritech startup that we have partnered with where we embed germination failure covers with the seed packets being okay so if say for example there is very heavy rainfall because of a germination would fail or there is very less rainfall because of its germination would fail or there is very high temperature because of its germination would fail uh, there is a there is a cover that is provided to the farmer who is buying the product right we have partnered with another agri tech company to embed 
person accident insurance with the sale of products worth a particular amount right so for example if a farmer is buying goods worth say 3000 or 4000 rupees from a customer he or she will get a personal accident cover which is embedded so that information goes to the insurance company the insurance company will issue the policy document the farmer is covered for the next 6 months so anything happens to him either accident death or disability there is coverage we have partnered with a Uh, again, another uh, agri-tech company which is in the space of warehouse capacity creation to provide them a parametric insurance cover which protects them against the risk of extreme weather leading to crop damage, leading to no goods store, creating uh, a scenario where they have created warehouse capacity and they are paying the rent for it, but there is no nothing to store. Yeah, yeah, right? loss of revenue. Mm. So, yeah so it's not exactly loss revenue it's loss so it's increased cost of working so to say right kya maine kharche kar diya i already made the expense but i'm not able to recover that because i'm not getting revenues right so that's the second that's that's another example so there are multiple examples where we customize the coverage and we say how does it fit into the overall say risk transfer scene our mechanism and how is it relevant for the customer and then you so you do that then you look at for this product structure you know what kind of pricing you can get what kind of technology you can use how do you kind of you know deploy all of that uh, and that is i think the role that any intermediary needs to play because i think in india if you look at it there aren't challenges of awareness right apart from the challenges of access right which where you say acha you distribute right so you physically there and you distribute that's one part of that second most third most important part is also the challenge of serviceability so what happens is you have an insurance product you distribute and then you disappear then there is a problem for the customer what happens is an insurance typically has this challenge right so let us say there are 100 customers 90 people out of that 100 customers say 10 people have claim out of that 8 people their claim got settled well okay uh, so what will happen is those 8 people will say this is my right i have taken an insurance policy the policy has responded so that's good i appreciate it but that's it but the two people who don't get the insurance claim seamlessly they could i there is a debate either about the uh, about the de- about the actual fact that the claim is the, uh, you know uh, applicable or not applicable the second about could be the about the quantum of claim and all of that so if there is i would say a uh, 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 disagreement over there right then you will always hear these things and you see see these examples even on linkedin for example right where people say i oh, this insurance company uh, you know we did not have a good experience this, this is not for so what happens is, and it's very important to kind of you know address this so if insurance has to kind of you know be a sustainable part of the risk transfer ecosystem right it's very important to not only create awareness and access but also to ensure that serviceability is something that you are addressing right saying that if the customer has a pain point he should be able to reach out to the you know partner and say this is my pain point and then the partner kind of you know gets into the act and kind of engages with the insurance companies and tries and help it out if for rural population i think it's fairly relevant right because at the end of the day the insurance policy is a legal contract uh, uh, and you know then some people might understand it fully some people might not understand it fully uh, also the ability to engage meaningfully with the insurance company is in certain cases a challenge and i think all of these places an intermediary has 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 that mandate to kind of you know really work on that part also as much as kind of you know uh, spend time on saying cultivating new business or kind of you know working or you no know, new policy generation or anything mm-hmm. yeah, i like the term you use the risk transfer ecosystem uh, essentially insurance is like transferring risk from one to many like uh, instead of mm, okay interesting 
So uh, when you joined GraphCover, had it raised any funds or was it bootstrapped till then? And, uh, uh, so there was an initial, uh, so Omnivore is one of our early investors. They were already on board. Uh, and when I kind of, you know, joined uh, at that point of time, post that, we've kind of you know, onboarded a uh, few more investors. So Omidyar came on board, uh, Flourish Ventures is there. Uh, we have EMVC, which is a fintech investor. Uh, called Emphasis Ventures, that's the full name. Uh, and uh, in the Series A that we did last year, uh, Siana, uh, Siana uh, and Inflexor, these are the two other investors who kind of you know came on board. So we have uh, six investors uh, uh, with us. Okay, okay. So they had done like a seed round before you joined? Yeah, yeah. They had done seed round before I came on board. Okay, okay. So uh, tell me about the journey once you joined. What all, uh, in what way did you meaningfully change the trajectory? Did you like bring in more technology? Did you bring in a better go-to-market strategy or uh, did you uh, do work on better products or like, you know, just help me understand the journey after you start? No, I think that is, uh, if I were to kind of look back in the last four years, one is obviously the scale at which we operate has changed, right? So when I came on board, we were around 20 people. Currently, we are around 70 odd people. But in that intervening period of 70 uh, of, you know, these, this journey from 20 to say 70 odd, which is in the last four years, our uh, premiums have significantly grown, right? So from 50 lakh worth of premium in FY18, in FY19, around uh, two and a half, uh, 12 and a half crores of premium in FY20, we did around 50 crores of premium. In FY21, we did around 110 crores of premium. In FY22, we have done 280 crores of premium. So I think this has been a significant uh, journey for us uh, in terms of the scale at which we operate, right? So starting from working with, uh, say, I was mentioning 1,000-odd farmers to 2 lakh farmers to 12 lakh farmers to 16 lakh farmers. Last year, we worked with close to around 42 lakh farmers, right? So it's it's a significant scale. Uh, the second, I would say, has been the journey on the technology front. So, you know, we have been working on the technology side, uh, you know, for since inception. We have, have, we have our own in-house technology team. Uh, uh, We've been working on multiple products. So, you know, we started with crop insurance. Today we have motor insurance. We have a bit of health insurance. Some of these group products we kind of, you know, we uh, kind of, you know, are able to distribute through our uh, through our platform. Uh, so there is an ongoing journey. I think the larger vision would be to have like a 10 by 10 matrix. So have 10 odd products and 10 odd insurance companies who are offering those products. So that the point of sale part working with us has enough uh, choice to cater to what the customer is looking for and also provide enough options in terms of risk transfer solutions. So I think second is the whole journey on 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 the product side, right? So as I was mentioning for the first couple of years, we were primarily a, a crop insurance uh, company. Uh, but last year, almost 35 to 40% of our revenues came from the non-crop side, right? And motor is a major drivers for us, uh, obviously there. Uh, the third part, obviously, as I was mentioning, you know, we've done like a, uh, we've been able to raise some funds during the process. So last year, as I was mentioning, done our Series A. Also, the team has grown fairly uh, uh, significantly. Plus, the whole, uh, I would say, the group business that we talk about, where you customize the products uh, uh, for in in conjunction with the client and then engage with insurance companies. That's been another area of uh, how we are able to kind of you know contribute meaningfully. So that's another way of really engaging with the rural ecosystem and uh, kind of, you know, growing the, the methodology or the models in which you kind of, you know, make insurance a meaningful part of, of the conversation. I would say these are two broad things uh, that immediately come to mind of the traction that Grab Cover has seen over the last four years. This is phenomenal growth from 50 lakh uh, premium to 250 crore. Uh, 
what is I, I mean you know what is like your customer acquisition cost Do, like you know with a normal startup like say policy was that their customer acquisition cost would be like very easy to measure because they would spend money on Google and Facebook ads and so on and so forth what is the cost for you for customer acquisition and does it no, grow ex- most of our- linear is there a linear relationship like more premium means more cost also or like what is that like so for us, I think uh, the whole uh, cost that we incur uh, is majorly in terms of the POSP network creation, right? Uh, uh-huh. Saying that, okay, we have to engage with them uh, and most of the training or certification that we do, that's all on the application. So obviously there is a cost that we incur, but it's more in terms of, uh, uh, you know, creating the network of POSPs and then obviously engaging with them and taking things forward. We don't have, because we are rural, uh, I don't think we have a lot of people who are, you know, you know who would try to target through social media. Uh, there are obviously there'll be some uh, uh, some such uh, people who will be more active on social media, but you know uh, it's not like the primary go-to market for us. So it's through our POSPs that we kind of typically engage, and that's where uh, you know our uh, expenses or or the cost is also along those lines. Uh, it's a small network as of now. We are around five thousand odd people in a, in a country with uh, six hundred thousand villages and two hundred fifty thousand odd gram panchayats. So I think it's a long, and as as we grow, these things will evolve uh, even further. But that's, that's where we are at in terms of, you know, cost of acquisition is more towards creating the network and activating it rather than major spend in terms of, say, Google or anything. And this would not be like a linear relationship, right? It's not like for every one rupee more of premium, you need to spend 10 pesa or whatever, one pesa of uh, on... Uh... So, no, I think the whole idea is that as you create a... So, there are, I would say, two or three key levers, right? Hmm. So, the first is the number of products that you have on the platform. Which hmm. basically enables the point of sale partner to kind of. So that, so the that, that increases your average revenue per uh, yeah. partner or average revenue per buyer. Correct. Uh. So that's one. The second is the network itself. So once I start creating the network and we have a larger network, right? So one is the incremental cost. If you're doing a good job, uh, you know, if you're working well uh, uh, in, the, in the rural ecosystem, over a period of time, I would say that a lot of my partner, growth of my partner network will happen by word of mouth. Because a person who's working with us would probably recommend that, okay, there is gram cover, there are multiple products, they have a good system and all of them. We'll have more partners coming on board. So creation of the network should become less expensive as over a period of time. Similarly, I think the second most important part is the lever of activation, right? So activation and engagement. So I might have a network of 5,000 odd partners. What percentage of them are over a period of time? I would want to move into a, into a territory where a larger percentage of them are active. So that again kind of you know increases uh, you know the revenues that we get from the same network. The third is as I was mentioning, uh, it's more on the ability to engage meaningfully for the, with the partners, right? So today, uh, as as I kind of you know develop the technology platform more and more, a lot of frequently asked questions could be addressed to that. A lot of product information could go through there, right? So technology as we kind of you know scale that, apart from being a platform where you can do transactions, if it also becomes a platform where you are getting nudges where you are getting additional information uh, you know all of that contributes to making the whole process more cost effective so i would say that as the network of uh, you know partner grows uh, i would see all the associated costs that we have on a per unit basis so quant- over on quantum might still go up but the per unit cost that you associate you know, typically over a period of time go down mm, right 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 but by increasing your average revenue per partner using technology yeah. you have that 
leverage there. Okay. So uh, essentially, I'm guessing that your tech stack is uh, focused on the partner. Like he's the primary user for your tech stack and you want him to be more engaged and uh, more active and sell more and increase. So, so what, what are some of the things you're doing there to like make him successful? Uh, so I think their entire, it is, as you, you rightly mentioned it, it is completely focused on the partner app. So we are not a direct-to-customer uh, uh, platform. We are an assisted tech platform. So there is a grand cover partner application, which is there on Android, which is used by the point-of-sale partner. So, you know, the first step for them is to download the application. Uh, they give their credentials. Uh, so basic information is taken from them. Their credentials are created. The first thing that we do is we do the training and certification. So till that point of time, they don't get access to the product. Once that is done, uh, in the meanwhile, we, uh, so once they get certified properly and they kind of, you know, get trained and certified by us saying that they have passed the exam and they are now certified, they will get access to products. What we also do is that we have created wallets for each of our partners. So in the rural ecosystem, we realize that there might be certain scenarios where for low ticket side products, customers might want to have alternate mechanisms of paying premiums. Everybody might not be using a credit card or a debit card. We have facilitated partners with with wallets also, right? So there's like a lot of lot of tech that goes into the payment part of it also, right? Mm-hmm. So the way of collecting people. Uh, so like they can take cash and uh, use their wallet to make the transaction. So they can they can take cash. They can actually send a link uh, to the customer where if say mm. customer has Google Pay. Now we have seen Google Pay, Phone Pay becoming more, uh, you know, uh, common even in the rural areas where there is a smartphone. So for a part of the population who don't have a smartphone, obviously none of these options will work. But where there are smartphones, there you see uh, some people kind of, you know, operating Google Pay, Phone Pay even there, right? Uh, so they can they can do that. They can use typically a credit card, debit card that is also open. But those options are also there. Now, we've also tried to simplify the journey of onboarding a customer, right? So for example, Traditionally, if you wanted to even digitally capture information, you will say, show me your iCard and I will kind of, you know, manually type that information. But for example, we can just kick, scan the QR code of other and, you know, those 8 or 10 information fields which are captured in other, they can come. So we have done some of those things also to ensure that the data entry is uh, being done seamlessly. There's not too much time and effort wasted uh, to kind of, you know, do that. Right. So starting from collection of the, uh, of the client information, uh, to showing multiple insurance companies as options, to collecting premiums and digitally ensuring that the policy copy is sent across to the customer. So we have done back-to-back API integrations with insurance companies on multiple products. So then what happens as soon as the transaction is complete, right? the customer will receive an SMS saying here is a link to your policy copy document and they will have a PDF that they can download. So typically for, for customers who don't have a smartphone, that will not work. But the general expectation or the general trend we have seen is that within the house, there is at least one smartphone, right? So the son will have it or the daughter will have it. Somebody with the family will have it, right? So then they can access it there, right? And obviously at any given point of time, this particular document is also available with the point of sale partner, right? So tomorrow if there is a theme, uh, you know, and the person reaches out, he or she can uh-huh. help him. Or and this document is available in vernacular language also, like? No. So most okay. of the policies typically are still in English, fortunately, unfortunately. There is a mandate to kind of, you know, move to vernacular, but I think that is still a journey. And I mean, I don't know uh, what happens is when you... Look at technical language in English or legal language in English vis-a-vis legal language in Hindi. Legal language in Hindi, if you're not used to it, is also fairly complicated to understand. So I'll give you an example. So I kind of, you know, got into rural insurance uh, after being seven years, doing seven years of corporate insurance, right? So first meeting that I went to uh, was in a large uh, Hindi-speaking state. I'll not think the name of the state, but a large Hindi-speaking state. Where in the meeting they said that, 
implementation okay yeah. but if you're not if you're not worried at first time you don't get it <laughs> obviously you know uh, i i i've been speaking my mom is a rajasthani i've been speaking hindi from childhood so i understand 80% of it but the, when you look at eagle so if you look at either government language or legal language or uh, you know legal language in in hindi it is not something that will come very naturally to you to understand तो मुझे लगता है कि देर इज अर इज अर्नी आई थिंक देर इज अ जर्नी इन टर्म्स ऑफ सिंप्लीफाइंग द एंटायर पॉलिसी वर्डिंग इट सेल्स इन द फर्स्ट प्लेस एंड देर आई थिंक द सेकंड जर्नी इज टू से दैट ओके हाउ डू यू कैन ऑफ इन ऑल्सो इंश्योर दैट इट इज कैन ऑफ इन आउट इन वर्नेक्ट एंड हाउ डू यू हेल्प दर पार्टनर टू ड्राइव फॉर रिटेंशन लाइक टू प्रिवेंट चर्न यू नो लाइक पीपल रिन्यूइंग पॉलिसी we send out renewal information to the client we send out renewal information to the uh, point of sale partner also saying that in the next 30 days in the next 45 days these are the renewals that are there it's very basic at this point of time i think there is a lot more work that we are planning to do on this as as we kind of you know grow so there is a significant amount of data that actually comes to us right so in terms of being able to kind of you know suggest to them say okay this is this customer that you did crop insurance for he will most likely have a two wheeler ready to go and have a conversation with them about two wheeler ah uh, okay cross selling so there's a lot of work uh, there's a lot of work that will happen in the days to come right now it's about kind of you know it's it's getting the basics right right saying answer okay there is this policy that you have done coming up for renewal next for days letting the customer know that there is a renewal letting the partner know that there is a renewal and kind of you know taking it forward from there right uh, also i would say the most important part is that you know anything that comes to us on the claims we are fairly cognizant of the fact that it's a very important part and we kind of you know really uh, get into the act and kind of you know help uh, in in that process also uh, even in terms of crop insurance where i don't have a role to play in terms of settlement of claims at least in terms of in passing information by connecting with the insurance company and sharing that with the farmers that is also something that is key to kind of you know letting them know because unless you take care of that uh, the renewals are going to be expedited right and a customer lost in insurance generally uh, is lost forever because that if, oh, if it is okay. big, if it is because of a, if it is because of a claim the pain point um, they, they they will always feel that oh they you know insurance companies take premiums but they don't support in the time of claims and what is the point and once the trust is lost then it, it's very difficult right so i think the most important part is to kind of you know ensure that the trust does not uh, uh, hmm. yeah, what did you know do you see generally so our uh, again uh, you know generally what we have seen crop insurance is the one where we have got maximum experience so there again depending upon whether a crop is cultivated uh, by that farmer in the season or not our general experience has been that we see 50 to 60% uh, farmers coming back to us in the subsequent season uh, and i would say it's a factor of both the things saying somebody might be working this year they might not be working in the next season they might be next season might not be working this season plus i think our ability to kind of you know really keep on I don't think we have completely pushed the market as I'm mentioning, right? Crop insurance again, maybe because of the cross crop area is what is covered. I think there is significant headroom to kind of you know, more and more farmers uh, uh, onboarded to the program. That's mm. what do you think is the hardest part about growing grab cover? You know, what what do you really see as as the big problems to solve? I think or the, the big problems that you already solved, like the hardest things you did. I mean, you could talk of either like past or future, whatever. I think I Gram Cover has a has a good base uh, from where to really grow further, right? So you know we've done the first first few things right, right? So starting from getting a good set of investors to kind of you know getting the business model right, attaining a product market fit, getting the basic tax stack in place. So all of those things I think have been to a certain extent addressed, though it is like a work in progress and it will keep on evolving over a period of time. But the 
legwork in terms of the first initial three four years, right? That is where you have maximum amount of challenges to I would say overcome in terms of getting the basics right. I think that has been done. Right? Journey from here would be about how do you now from here uh, scale it uh, to like a five x ten x in the next couple of years, right? That that would be the journey. Uh, and there, I think if I look at rural insurance per se as the space, right? So. I think there are three challenges uh, for us, as I was mentioning, right? The challenge of awareness, the challenge of access, and the challenge of serviceability. So those are the three challenges, broad challenges that we need to address. Obviously, we have our model in place, saying, "Oh, partner with POSPs," and we kind of really solve for this. Yeah, that so access is solved through POSP. Yeah. Point of sale partners, and there again, I think I would kind of look at and say, creating that network. So we are at around five thousand odd partners right now. We really want to scale that up. The ideal thought process would be that there are two hundred fifty thousand gram panchayats. Can we have a POSP in each of the gram panchayat, right? Uh, that would be a th- uh, uh, one is creating the scaling the network. The second is uh, the first activation and the engagement, saying how do you kind of you know get them to become start participating. And the third thing would be how do you make them more efficient so that it is internal distribution is becoming a mainstream activity for them. So that they're picking enough to say, okay, this is the thing that I want to pursue as as something that I want to really take forward because I'm kind of you know being I'm able to sustain myself, right? So I think that would be the sec- that would be the second part of it. Saying these are the two or three challenges that we need to address and that we need to get right. Uh, other than that, I think rural uh, is is such a vast space, uh, you know, uh, both in terms of the number of people, also in terms of the geographies. So I think it's about getting those things right in certain geographies and then being able to replicate it. Across multiple, right? So, for example, typically our presence is in you know on crop insurance side is in six or seven states. The idea would be to kind of you know wanting to go deeper there and do larger numbers there instead of saying I want to work in twenty states. But at the same time, if you look at general insurance as as a market where you have motor insurance, where you have health insurance, where you have other lines of businesses, there I would want to kind of look at more on larger geographies, right? So balancing that uh, in terms of saying how do you really uh, Manage the moving parts of a rural ecosystem. I think that's where it is, right? Because again, uh, with rural, there are also nuances. Get that you working in Andhra might be completely different from working in the UP, right? So a large ecosystem that is there of rural. I think within that we insurance distribution. I think that is uh, it, that's a large part of the you know that we need to get right, uh, and we'll continue to work on. Uh, do you want to expand your product portfolio? Like uh, I can see on your website right now, you don't offer health. Uh, do you want to get into that also? So we we are at currently working on that as well. We do some amount of health. So for example, we have done benefit health policies, right? Uh, so whether it is a personal accident policy, uh, whether it is a uh, first pay cash policy, the whole idea for us has been we are purposefully, to my mind, you know, coming from insurance background, I think health insurance is one space where serviceability is of paramount importance. When I look at rural areas, typically, if you know, if you are in an urban area, you will typically have a hospital network, right? There is cashless available. You go, you present your policy or your thing, and you say, oh, "Now this is the policy." So the insurance company will engage with the hospital, and it will be taken care of. In rural areas, uh, you know that cashless not hospital network is not really that great. There are some states who do higher than all there. The network might be there, but those are typically for the government programs. That that network is for government programs, right? Uh, so the whole idea is that when you do indemnity health products, it should be backed by service. So when I look at we have done typically we have done uh, benefit health products so personal accident over hospital cash where it is very very clear if you are hospitalized if you there is an accidental death or disability there is a fixed payout that will happen that is an agreed value unless and that kind of you know gets paid right 
Yeah, yeah. yeah the serviceability yeah. is robust over there. It's still over. Right. Second is hospital catch, where you again say if you are hospitalized for more than twenty four hours, depending upon the number of days, you will get a fixed amount. There is, and it's a very simple process. It's it's a small ticket size claim. The documentation is fairly simple. The process is fairly simple, and the servicing is fast. Right. So I think we have started on a journey with benefit health products as of now. And the idea would be to kind of you know get into uh, indemnity uh, products in certain geographies as we evolve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what about partnerships with uh, agritech startups? Uh, like that would be a uh, like that might contribute as much as the POSP network. Do you, do you think that would happen or the POSP? Because uh, each of these agritech startups are focusing on a different area. Like there's one which is only on silk or. There's another one which is like, like you know, their own niches, and so a way to capture that niche would be to just piggyback on what they are doing. So, any we have multiple partnerships ongoing, including the silk one that you mentioned. There, are, there is an, an ongoing discussion uh, of kind of you know uh, working on a product uh, for them as well. And the whole idea is that with any of these partnerships, the thought process is always to look at embedded insurance products, right? Saying how they have a business model. They have a product or service proposition that they are making to the farmers. How do you build insurance as an important value proposition that is adding value to them, right? So, bundling, for example, parametric insurance with the seed with the sale of a seed, right? Or bundling a personal accident product with a sale of a particular value. All of these things is something that we are constantly working on. Uh, there is a separate team that does, you know, working on these. Um, as I was mentioning, something called strategic alliances, where we partner with these agritechs. But this can only I think to a large extent we use as an embedded insurance mechanism. Only some of these partnerships could evolve into what you would say a distribution mechanism, right? Uh, so uh, yes, uh, there is there is obviously scope to kind of you know make insurance a meaningful part of the ecosystem or the value that the agritech startups are creating. But typically, a large part of that would work meaningfully if it is embedded, and that's where that's where we are working. And I think the distribution part of it, you know, through the POSPs. In terms of ticket sizes, in terms of premium sizes, it would always be that the POSP will be a larger part of the network. The number of policies might be able to do very significantly even through the Agnetic startup platform also. In terms of the sheer volume of premium that you do, I think uh, uh, probably the POSP thing would be a large. Right, got it. So embedded insurance is typically low ticket size because you, you don't want to have too much cost added on to whatever they are buying. Yeah. That's right. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay, got it, cool. So, uh, you know, so you said you have a target of 10x, like, so making that 250 crore to two and a half thousand crore. Uh, help me understand that number with some context. Like, how would that compare to other insurance, uh, either intermediary platforms or insurance companies? Like, how big would that be? Uh, I would rather, so we are a small part of the overall, I would say, ecosystem, right, of the general insurance industry. The general insurance industry is roughly around two, uh, 2.2 lakh crores. We are probably around 280 odd crores, right? So a small part of what we do. Uh, for intermediaries, I don't have exact numbers at the, uh, you know, as, as like a, as a ready made number to give. Uh, but uh, look at it this way. Uh, in terms of the uh, headroom that is available, right? So as I was mentioning, we talked about crop insurance, right? So crop insurance, we are saying 50% of the gross crop area is still not though. India has one of the largest livestock population uh, in the world. Has one of the, it is one of the, it is the largest population in the world, right? We are really touching the, scratching the surface there. So maybe 5% of the cattle population actually gets insured. 
Wow. So there's a 95% okay. There's a okay. huge bedroom there. You yeah. look at uh, health insurance, as you were mentioning, right? So most of the health insurance there is for there is the Ayushman Bharat for a certain set of people, and then you come to urban areas where you have high cost, uh, high ticket size uh, 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 health insurance. But the missing middle is what the government is also trying to solve, right? There's like a significant part of the population which does not fall uh, in in the financially challenged uh, category, but is yet not having health insurance. And, you know, you look at any of the statistics that are there on out-of-pocket health expenses, typically we say 60, 65% of all the health expenses are still out-of-pocket. And we have a significant ability to dent somebody's movement economically, right? Because we are on unplanned expenses. Some, something will suddenly happen, you kind of, you know, have some reserves and surpluses, you use all of that to kind of, you know, take care of your medical expenses. And then you suddenly realize that, okay, now we're back where we started, maybe where we were a couple of years ago. If you look at uh, asset insurance, Home insurance in the rural areas, non-existent. Even in the rural areas, it is fairly uh, not very common. But in rural areas, we hardly see that, right? If you look at shop insurance, I mean, there is a large network of shops, but again, hardly any insurance that happens. If you look at uh, motor insurance, for example, right? So two wheelers, you know, one of the examples that I was giving about renewals. So I think two wheelers, if you look at it, maybe around 50-60% of the two wheelers don't get their renewals done. Similarly, you would have challenges on car insurance. Similarly, you have challenges on commercial vehicle insurance, right? So one is a challenge of awareness which I think for, a, for people who are existing users it's not a challenge but for the second challenge is the challenge of access right so if I'm staying in a village I have a day job where I kind of you know get paid on a daily basis you tell me you have to go to the basin uh, uh, office of any insurance company and then there you will get your insurance probably chances are that I might not want to spend that time and go but if somebody is coming to my home and saying I will do your insurance at your home you know we will just spend some half an hour on it then then you might be ready to do it right so I think that bedroom there is tremendous. Uh, and I think that is where I would want to look at it because, frankly speaking, uh, all efforts put together in rural insurance, we're just scratching the surface. We are just at the beginning of it. Uh, so even if I were to kind of, you know, correlate and say somebody does this or somebody does that, overall, we are, you know, rural is doing too little. Uh, uh, that, that is how I would look. Um, so that, uh, my last question to you, sir, uh, you know, what do you spend your time on? Like, uh, if you were to make a pie chart with things that you are doing, uh, I would love to understand that. So, I think three, three or four broad areas. So, one is, uh, I would say, investor engagement is one part of it, uh, obviously. Uh, then, on the group business part, uh, I spend some amount of time with the team saying, okay, what are we doing? How are we doing? Because I can draw upon my experience from the past and say, okay, this is something we can structure this way or that way. Obviously, also the connect in the industry. So that's another part of it. Uh, the third is also on the other lines of businesses, engagement with the team to say, okay, uh, what are the numbers looking like? How are we doing? What are we doing? Any help on any help required on 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 the other lines of businesses? Plus, engaging on the technology side because for both for the group businesses as well as for the retail businesses side, there is there is some amount of engagement required on the technology side. We're trying to get that sorted. So I think take. Uh, business, uh, investors, and a little bit of, you know, regular discussion on compliance and things like that. I think that those are four broad areas where I would kind of, you know, be spending. Yeah. Do, do you also like travel to rural areas, meet farmers and stuff like that? Like, absolutely. I think a lot of insights are, are kind of, you know, gained by, by actual field work. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. 
Did you like listening to the show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at the podium dot in. That's ad at t h e p o d i u m dot in. 